0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us again for this week's edition of All Things Evangelism. I'm here with Pastor Jack Ryder. He's from the Kempsey area, and he's pastoring right now at a really great little church plant that's on the campus of Kempsey Adventist School called The Well. And um, so glad that you're here, Jack. Thanks for joining me. And yeah, hey, look, we're talking today about evangelism in smaller communities and rural areas. But before we get into that, I wanted to just ask if you could please share just a bit about yourself and your journey with the larger church families so that they can get a sense of, of who you are. Yeah, no worries. Man, I think it's pretty amazing how God has led your journey. I really do, you know, from just convert at an Adventist school setting mm-hmm. and then, you know, this journey of pastoral ministry out into the more rural settings of our conference and then now back to to Kempsey. and you just know in in God's foreknowledge and in the way that He can relate to time that He saw it, you know, like He yeah. <laughs> He knew that He calculated that that the reality, and not that He determined it, but that was, his, you know, He He knew that was a part of His plan, and uh, I bet you know it'd be interesting for Him to like nudge an angel on the shoulder and say, "Yeah, you see that kid right there?
1: Yeah, this yeah, is about ten years. This is what the world's going to look like for him," you know? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. No, it's amazing, just reflecting on it. It's a privilege to even be able to share like that because it it's just a reminder to me. I was just reading a text uh, the other day when I was giving a Bible study to a parent. You know, of, of David reflecting on the past. You know, miracles and victories that that God has done in His life. You know, and just being able to to do that to remember how God has led. I think has strengthened you for the future and and the present. So yeah, no, it's I pinch myself every time I think about it because it is it's it's just of God.
0: <laughs> totally. It's a call of God on your life. He just He just chose you, man. He chose you. This this young kid who's out, you know, just alienated from himself and out in disbelief. And here you are. So so, man, that's awesome. So, dude, you after graduating Avondale College, you you were called to pastor here in North New South Wales, which I remember when I heard, I was really glad that we got you. But and then you 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 had the opportunity to go pastor out in Gaira that area. And what was the other, what's the other church in the Gaira district? It's Gaira and Inverell.
1: Yeah. Inverell and Gaira.
0: In Gaira. Yeah. So these are smaller towns, smaller communities. You leave college, you're fired up. You want to win souls for Christ. You want to minister to the community. Are there any like, you know, so what was it like you get into the small town, you're fired up, you know, what did you do? your pastor, Jack, what's, what's, what was your plan? What's your thoughts? What's your,
1: where are you at at that oh, time? Oh, look, it's funny because I'll probably do it a little bit differently if I was to redo it now. And I think that's that's okay. It's, it's a part of our, our journey. But, you know, coming out of college, you know, you're, you're on your two-year internship. To, so to be honest, to be completely honest, I was just thinking about, okay, I've got to see this as a learning opportunity because I'm on my internship and, you know, I was under Pastor John Lang and just really dive into this and just see what happens. I always think that's the best way to go anyways is, okay, God, where, how do you want me to lead this, this community? But something I, I did notice straight away is that when you're in a, in a rural setting is you've really got to do a lot of work to, to actually even establish contacts. So, you know, arriving in these smaller towns, there might be one contact or two contacts that the church have, but, you know, you've got to really get out there and really start turning the soil, you know, you've got to really get out there and start meeting people, you know, we sign up for like a basketball team, joined a volleyball team, Mets, just just meeting people and just seeing every day as an opportunity to meet someone that God could bring your way. And so, yeah, I remember meeting a, a Fijian family. They came to church once and so straight away, you know, you just got to take the opportunity when God presents and uh, they went to volleyball. So we signed up to their volleyball team, got alongside them. I started doing studies with them and so I brought them through to baptism. But, yeah, just like creating those, op- creating those contacts and just by seeing every opportunity, you know, as possible, you know, and obviously working. There's already established churches there, so you're working with an established church as opposed to now it's a church plant so you're establishing the church at the same time so a little bit different but yeah i guess that would be probably one of my key takeaways is you need to go to work you know and invite people along that journey and uh, create those contacts
0: yeah that that, that makes a lot of sense to me because you know when in a smaller community it's just the common sense reality you just have less it's less fish in a a pond you know You've, you've got more fish in a pond there's just more opportunities available and It's just going to be more percentage wise, you know, you're just going to have people, more people who are ready, you know, and open and seeking and not needing you to cultivate a relationship over time. But in a small community, it just makes sense. There's just less people. So so I've heard from some that like in our small kind of rural communities, there's more of a kind of closed culture where people have lived there for a long, long time. And then they kind of see others who move there as outsiders and they're a little bit, you know suspect you know when you come into that kind of community but in my experiences just working for the conference and visiting the churches i've just always felt that those community like i've always thought that they're nice small friendly communities like but that's just my outsider perspective you know when you come in and live in a place it might be different what's your kind of take on that
1: Yeah, I think definitely, like when you're, I guess, visiting a place, especially if you're visiting a church, of course, someone from a conference visit, they're (laughs) going to be nice. Of course. (laughs) uh, I think when you're living there, funny enough, you know, I'll be honest here, I think you probably get more pushback from those you're most close with in the church than the actual community itself, because, you know, you're showing up as the new pastor and you know don't you ch- don't you change anything <laughs> um, you know as opposed to a community you're just another community member you might be new but and of course there's those those lines that are thrown around but yeah i just found you just go with it you know don't don't resist like don't try and say you know something like oh, i have just as many rights as you do as being here what you know like like yeah, don't, yeah, don't take that attitude after, yeah. You know, just, oh yeah, yeah i'm the new kid in town what you know just who cares? just wear it yeah, just wear it and and get along with it and uh, get to know them. I think that's that's the key. That's a lesson I, think... I wish I'd have
0: learned in my life on many occasions. You yeah. know, where you, you when I was doing like kind of itinerant preaching in the U.S., I would you know we'd just show up. My team and I would show up to a town. We'd be working with a church for three months, and you know we get in the community, start developing relationships and Bible studies, and in preparation for like an evangelism series. Yeah. And I learned in that context that it's really good when you come into a church, just don't, don't stir up a hornet's nest. Like, it's just not going to help you. You're going to get certain people involved and excited and work with those people and people who don't want to be involved. Don't try to force them to be, you know, like you can encourage and inspire and you know, whatever, but don't push it too hard because you're going to start a fight that is only going to get in your way and be unproductive, you know, but then in other contexts in ministry where that I should have translated that lesson, I didn't, you know, like where you kind of come in and you, you have this kind of chip on your shoulder, like that whole, like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just as, I'm just, I'm just as entitled as you to, you know, have a say here and you know, that kind of thing. It's really a, it's really a bad idea (laughs) because you are a new kid on the block and you got to be sensitive to the fact that people have lived in the community for a very long time and that's their home. That's their past. That's everything to them. And then here you are, you're just a new fixture, you know, That'll be gone in a certain amount of time. So
1: no, definitely, and like uh, I think you know, the more you develop a relationship with people as well, the, the more they trust you. So yeah, like just stay focused on on winning people for Jesus, and you know, and I think if you're genuine in that, and they see just that you have a love for people, a lot of people will come around pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, right on. So so biblically speaking, you know, John the Baptist and Jesus seem to seem to to spend most of their time in either smaller communities and oh, yeah. like wilderness areas, you know, but that didn't mean that they didn't have a larger impact, right?
1: Um, yeah, <laughs> when you think about Jesus' ministry and you just look at it, if you're thinking percentage-wise, how, much, how many times did, how much did Jesus spend in the small communities going from town to town as opposed to the cities, you know, and the vast majority of his ministry was going from town to town. And so, yeah, I mean, he, Ellen White points that out in the book of Evangelism. Yeah, that he saw that these people who were seen as neglects, you know, they, they they were neglected and he had a passion to go and sow seeds in all of these communities before, you know, he's his, on his journey to Jerusalem, where he was to be crucified. Uh, that's right. His brothers were even pretty
0: frustrated with him, right? Like for not doing more in the bigger kind of centers, <laughs> oh, you exactly, know, yeah. like in John seven, they're like, Hey, you know, nobody who wants to be known, you know, nobody who has the claim to messiahship is going to just hang out with, you know, people in small towns like go 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 to jerusalem it's the time for the feast and show who yeah, you are yeah. you know if that's you know that's your goal mm-hmm. and yeah so that same disposition seems to be with us today right like is there really a lot of use and i've thought this too right like if, i mean how many how many dollars do you want to like if you if you can go fishing in a, in a big pond with a lot of fish versus a small mm-hmm. pond with a few fish you know, where are you going to catch more fish? And then where should you allocate your funding and your effort and yeah. time? Well, to the big pond. Obviously, cities don't need to be neglected, but no, no, of course. But at the same time, like the cities have souls that Jesus died for. And mm. we see from Jesus that he had a ministry that he, he performed a ministry that changed the world forever and has mm. affected the salvation of billions of people. And, and he's ministered in small towns, you know? So,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, he didn't stay in one place for too long. I mean, he he made his way around, though. So, yeah, and I mean, like, uh, I, I think that's, you know, the idea of small communities as well, you know, like, I have a passion for, you know, like, like house churches and, and, and small groups, modelled church, and, so, you know, I think you can, you know, if you treat the city as from suburb to suburb, you know, you can kind of treat that as a, as a town. Although, you know, the, the, the thing that is different is the culture, you know, like, Especially after ministering out west, it's like a different country when you go west of the Great Dividing Range. It's just a slower pace of life, and it is—it is, it feels like it's a—you know—you're you're stepping into an, another world. So you just have to adjust for that. But I think you can still use similar methods in terms of seeing city suburbs as smaller towns and 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 towns to towns as town. You know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do, do you know something that I was thinking? This lesson jumps out at me personally from Jesus's ministry in small communities is that. When, when the spirit of God is with you and you're winning souls and you're impacting lives, like, like it's just, the natural effect is that something bigger happens. Right. So mm-hmm. like if, if you're, it's somewhat, somewhat counterintuitive, right? Like I'm going to go preach in the wilderness and change the world. That's John the Baptist. I'm, I'm going to go preach in the wilderness and prepare the way for the Christ. Right. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's a bit counterintuitive, but yeah. when the spirit of God is with them, you know, things start to happen wherever you are. And then yeah. that has a larger effect, you know, and then you've got the Sanhedrin coming to visit him in the wilderness. So, mm. I mean, how powerful is that? It's almost like when God is with you, you can you can put water on the altar and it's going to catch on fire. So sometimes people who want to have a, quote, bigger ministry or larger impact, they just gravitate towards larger population centers, not realizing that at the end of the day, God will make your ministry big or small or whatever. And if you want to, exactly. you know, and if you got the spirit and you're affecting people positively and souls are being saved, like. You know, God will probably grow that, you know, and make it more significant than just a small town ministry, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just reflecting on uh, it. I look after uh, another small group church at, South, at Southwest Rocks as well. And I remember, you know, hearing their vision that, you know, they had a vision they felt compelled to, to reach the lonely. And I remember hearing that and thinking, oh, yeah, that's great. But what about these people? And what about these people? what about mm-hmm. these people? And, uh, you know, it's funny, I had to wrestle with in myself. And you know, I, I came to the realization that you know what, like the ministry that that we're actually doing at South Rocks with friendship groups and and old ladies, you know, Jesus sees these elderly people, these lonely people. I mean, that was the core of Jesus' ministry, wasn't it? Like he was he was reaching the lonely. You know, when he when he gets up in in his hometown of Nazareth and he he reads from the scroll of Isaiah and you know he he talks about the neglected people. And this is the vision of of, of Southface Rocks Church. I remember, yeah, having to get out of that frame of mind, like you were saying about just reach as many people as possible, but be more more targeted and and realize that these people are just as important. And there are actually a lot of lonely people. It's not actually a small group that I thought you know people were reaching. But in this world that we live in today, um, people feel socially isolated, especially with what we've just gone through yeah. uh, with COVID. I mean, with the vision, you know, this was. Said to me before COVID was was even a reality, and now after COVID, I'm like, hmm, yes, actually, that's a God-given vision, and there's a reason why they're, you know, they're reaching so many people that I don't think other groups could. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, praise God. I've got a friend, dude, who was he was called by his conference to plant a church in a small town, Mm. and he said that he, you know, so he he gets to the town and he's thinking, okay, what, you know, okay, I'm here. I'm supposed to plant a church, and it's him. It's Mm. him and his wife, and they don't have a big budget they don't have you know a bunch of a team it's just them so he's like okay i'm going to go start knocking on doors so he says he knocks on every door in the town like four times like over the course of the year you know cool. and and he, he's trying different approaches just hey my name's you know so and so local pastor has just come to town or you know whatever or what community service angle you know bible angle every angle you know like and, and then after he's done with that he's got a couple bible studies and and he's like, okay, getting momentum with a few people, but it's, it's small. And then he says he goes and gets a membership to the local tennis club because everyone plays tennis. He doesn't play tennis. but He's like, oh, I'll go play tennis. And, and this is a guy who's not joining the tennis club as a pastor. Who, he's who's just trying to kind of like play tennis and get paid and call it ministry. You know, like All he, right, okay. yeah. he, he, he knocked on every door in the town four times and like worked his yeah. guts out. He's got like, you know, five, six Bible studies. Yeah, but he's like, okay, I need more than this to really make more. So he gets a membership, um, starts making friends with the guys on the tennis court, and 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 he just joins all these little local associations. And just like you were saying, and and from there he began to he used that as a platform for more, you know, spiritual interactions and that. But he said that that was a bit challenging personally because for him as a as a person sharing Jesus, it, it became harder for him. It, he said it was just easier just to like, hey. I'm a minister. You want to study the Bible with me? Because it was just mm-hmm. like, I, I know why I'm here. It's very clear. It's very simple. And you don't have to shift from, we're just friends who play tennis together to, by the way, you know, like, where do you find that, you know? But he said that that really was the avenue through which that he was really able to gain momentum. But yes. he, he, and he said, just had to maintain his own spirituality, you know, like, and not get lost in his social relationships. Mm-hmm. And he's a minister who like, you know, he's been walking with the Lord for a while. He, you know, successful dude with God, but that's that's a weird thing to say, a weird way to say it, but he's just a solid Christ-centered believer, a solid Adventist pastor. Yeah. But he said that, that was a bit tough. But yeah, it's just like you were saying, he, he had to really do a lot of relationship building and a lot of reaching out in different ways through that in a smaller community, even more than a bigger community.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, just like going with the Spirit too, you know, like just, you know, constantly in prayer I think just reflecting on some of my times like I remember I used to dedicate Monday to just you know a lot of prayer and sometimes you just felt led to walk down the streets or I remember one I have to share this story because this is just incredible A church member's son was really off the rails and they were asking me to go and visit him but I could could never find him like he was just out there somewhere wherever and me and my mentor we just put it to prayer and just just you know asking for 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 the spirit to lead us and uh, one night, I'm just out, I'm packing the car and I just looked up and it's a full moon. I'm like, oh, it's a great night to go fishing. And I literally just walked down the end of the road to where I was living, threw in a line uh, and walked past these guys who were fishing on the bank. And I caught like this Murray cod, which are like a fish of a thousand casts, like within my second cast, like it was just crazy. And, and I, I bring this fish in and these guys who are sitting beside me come running over and um Like, are you kidding me? You know, beep, 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 you know, swearing their heads off. But we've been here like half the day. And you come down, walk right past us and throw in your line and and catch catch a fish, you know, on your second cast. And uh, it turns out one of the guys that were there, that was the guy, the church member's son, been looking for and like i didn't realize at the time it was him and later on i ended up seeing him at home and he made the connection wow you're that he called me a prick he was like oh you're that you know (laughs) that uh, that walk past and yeah we made that connection but it was (laughs) such like like, how do you explain that like that's a spirit-led moment where you know you're giving it to god in prayer and just saying okay god just if you want me to go somewhere to meet someone here i am just You know, take me there. And I literally walked outside and just felt like going fishing, and there he was. You know, it was was kind of like a Peter story of going, you know, throw your line in to catch the fish, you know. But yeah, it's just, it's just trust God and and, and give your life to Him and just walk by the Spirit. He'll take you to the people. like, like we're saying, you know, you have to work hard in these towns and you do 100% you have to work hard, but there's opportunity everywhere you go. Like there's people everywhere you go. I believe we just have to align ourselves with the spirit and be willing to, to and have our eyes open to see those opportunities, right? Even in a, in a town where you feel like, oh, there's no opportunity, but there, it is. It's, there's people always there yep. who, are, who are searching for God. And you just need to make yourself willing and open to the spirit. Dude, I I, I just wish that every day of my life would be like that. You know, we could
0: just have those moments. I, I remember as a Bible worker, just come to faith. And I'm like this really excited new Adventist. And I'm just thinking, you know, Jesus is coming soon. I want to share with everyone. I had no ambitions as far as like position or anything, but I just wanted to share and you know, you go out in the communities and you can just grind and work and, yeah. and slave away and get such poor results. And then every so often you'd have those moments. And, you know, we just knew God, this God fully set this up. Like I had the situation, it was in the city actually, but it, it was in my truck and I was getting ready to head home. I had been just interacting with some contacts in that area, of the community mm-hmm. for, for like that afternoon. And it was just one of those cold, miserable days and it was raining. And one, the kind of days you, you have in Canada is where I was at. Yeah. And, and I get in my truck and I just walked. I got walked by some guys smoking cigarettes, and they were like, yeah, just chatting." I was, like, "Hey guys, I go get in my truck," and I'm so wanting to get like an evening meal and get home, yeah, yeah. and just get in the car. And I just was clearly impressed. Go, just tell these guys about this evangelism series that's coming up. Looks like it was like four days away. We had this evangel series happening. Anyways, I'm like, "Ah, nah, forget about it." I'm heading home. I literally yeah. drove. I drove away. I get to the stop sign at the end of the block and just know, and I'm, and I start to imagine what I'm gonna feel like when I'm in bed mm. that night. And I started thinking, I'm gonna feel like a coward, you know, just because I had the impression, just at least just go get my a flyer. Like just say, Hey guys, it gives real great series coming up. Check it, yeah. you know, loved, just felt impressed to share this with you. And so I didn't have the courage to do that. Cause I was just like tired of life, you know, and just mm-hmm. tired wanting to go home. And uh, anyways, dude, so I put my truck in reverse, back the truck up, put it back in the parking spot, get out of the truck and I'm like, Hey guys, yeah, you know, just felt, I don't know what I said, but just just want to share this with you. I'm with a group of young people. We're doing this series of meetings and it's on the prophecies of, of the Bible. Mm. And it, and it was just like I just thought here comes a buzz off kind of statement or whatever and the guys like have this funny look on their face, you know. They just look stupefied. And then they go, "Dude, we were just talking about this." And I was like, <laughs> "Nice." <laughs> Literally, and that just moved us into just an awesome opportunity for Bible study and whatever. Yeah. And so You know, it's just like the spirit of God really does lead and impress. And, you know, there's been occasions like that where I felt impressed and the person said, yeah, thanks. And then just threw it on the floor in front of me, you know, but Mm. that doesn't mean that the spirit didn't lead you. It just means that, you know, maybe he has a different purpose in that person's life. But yeah, that's amazing. Hey, dude. So I want to ask from you if you could share any other like bullet point insights for people in regards to like, these are some things to think about when you're doing ministry in small communities. You know, you can draw from your Bible knowledge and your experience or whatever, or just another like story or like cool ex- example of how God worked in a small community, just to inspire the people who are listening to us. But before you do, yeah. I wanted to just say that to me, I think in all my years of walking with the Lord and, and being involved in evangelism, it seems to me that if you, if you have the ability to see what's in front of you, like just, you, you can see, mm-hmm. see opportunity. Like you've said that a few times, if you see what's in front of you, yeah. if you're connected to the Lord, if you're seriously con- committed to God on a personal level where you're connecting with him regularly and your religious experience is not based on just, this is like my hobby, but mm-hmm. it's no, this is, I love the, I'm, I'm seeking God's righteousness. I'm mm-hmm. seeking conversion. I just want to be with Jesus and you're mm-hmm. and that's how you relate. And you're, if you're personally spiritual. If you're, if you see what's in front of you and you're willing to do the work, you're just willing to do it, you know, just, just get out there and give it a go it almost seems to me impossible that you won't find some level of success in outreach ministry. It seems to me like if those three things are in in place, you're cool. Like in a small community, especially like you work hard, you're sincerely spiritual and you're well-intended and sincere and you just are willing to see what's in front of you. Cause sometimes I feel like in evangelistic outreach, especially you go into a small community and you're like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Mm. We're like fishermen who are fishing. Mm -hmm. And like nothing bites your line. And like, you're like, and then a fish might, you know, jump in your boat, (laughs) you know, and you're like, man, and you throw it back in the water. Like nothing's biting because you're not, you're not seeing what's in front of you. You know, you're just, you just got your mind set on your, Yeah, I got like my little lure. And if my little lure doesn't work and the way I'm casting, I'm not going to change anything up. I'm not going to see other opportunity. you know, there's another fisherman sitting next to me with a different lure and he's catching like tons of fish and I'm like, you know, nothing's biting here, you know? Anyway. Yes. Yeah. So any, any like bullet point insights or
1: last parting words of inspiration? Yeah. Look, let me kind of bounce off what you were just saying, like something, a lesson that was someone told me and I've really put into practice, especially being, I guess, more so here in Kempsey. And this was from Malcolm Allen. this my wife's grandfather, but he shared with me, Jack, just try everything. and and see what works so you know and i've really taken that on board you know just try everything also you know don't see failure like if if something doesn't work as a mistake but see it as an opportunity of growth so just try everything that's not working okay then learn from that situation and and move forward that's something that i just think you have to have that mentality you have to be flexible otherwise yeah, you can just get like you're saying too bogged down. Something else that I think is really really important, I think that I want to stress as well, is often if you're listening to this, you know, you hear all the highlights of this story, this story, but often people don't share like the struggle, like that planning churches and you know ministering in, in, in communities that might be you know, rural communities, it can be really difficult, and you know you will go through those times like people often don't see the nights you might be crying on the floor because you don't feel worthy or you don't feel like what you're doing is enough. You know, People don't see those moments. And to be honest, I feel like in my ministry, the tough times occur more often than the highlights, those tough times and going through those tough times. But there's a I want to put a, a footnote on that comment and say that those tough times, God can turn them into, again, using that key word, opportunities. So I think if you're just willing and led by the Spirit, you will go, you know, it is hard work, you will go through waves of emotions, and I believe it's actually more than the highlights, but if your mind is open to the Spirit, your heart is open to the Spirit and, and to learning and growing, when you go through those tough times and you're wrestling with God, he can turn those opportunities into, into blessings. You know, that's, that's a big key point for me is don't feel like, and think that you're just going to go into it. It's just going to be highlight after highlight after highlight, because otherwise you will be very discouraged very quickly. It's going to be tough, but it's, that's the whole thing, right? Is you just journey with God and watch him turn those tough times into something magnificent that you're just like, wow, this has to be of God. Um, but you just have to hang in there and hang with God and trust Him, trust His leading, and He will get you through. Uh, I believe that with all my heart. Yeah, that I guess I'll just finish with this point, and this is something that I always hold on to is, you know, in the Old Testament, the word in Hebrew for blessing and the word for curse are act- actually the exact same word. And and you know, I, I take a lesson from that in the fact that, God can take our blessings and turn them into curses, but God can also take our curses and turn them into blessings. And how many times do you see that in scripture? And how many times have you seen that in your own life?
0: Amen, amen. Thanks so much, brother. I really appreciated this conversation. And everyone, I hope that you were as blessed as I was just to consider more, you know, ministering to the smaller rural communities and the potential and the possibility that exists there. Um, Mm. God, you know, has a great work for us to do, not just in big urban settings, although those are important, but in in small, small towns. And, you know, if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, we're going to care about those that are, you know, in the highways and the byways out there in the smaller towns. But yeah, listen, God bless you guys. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you, Jack. And we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you all next week.